Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. Real deal with T Mill. Real deal with T Real. Real deal T Mill. Meal deal T Mill. Meal. I'm the meal deal. Till mill. T Mill. Real deal. Meal till real deal. Till real real deal. Put that in your intro, man. I'd have to now. I was like, when I first, when you first released it, I guess. I was like, man, I felt like I did so many better. Like, real deal to me, real deal to me. I searched, dude. I spent some time on that, and it was there were like, it was a tough decision. But like a lot of times, like it was either like you know we'd all start laughing, so it was kind of like, you know, so that was the most clear, just like you, just like throwing it out there. But, but I made it. You made it, man. It's contribution. Um, two fans. I'm back. Yep, I'm back. So, you know, shit's going sideways this time. This ain't going to be last episode. I listened to it. It was a nice, clean, you know, very analytical, some single high safeties, some 21 for 34 completion percentage were thrown out there. But it's kind of back. I'm like the Tasmanian. So, facts. Like, so you're upset that we presented facts on the last episode. That's what I'm hearing. Has came back to get things back in order. But at the same time, we did have a two fans fantasy football league. We sure did. And, and as you guys know, the winner of the league gets to host their own episode. Last they year, sure do. Last year was Orion. This year is our boy, Timo Rodil. Timo Rodil. And so. Honestly, I'm I'm just gonna hand it over to him because we're at his grace now. Um, if y'all ever wanna, actually, if you like how the episode goes <laughs> with him leading the charge, you need to go check out Real Deal with T Mill. Real Deal with T Mill. Real Deal with T Mill. <laughs> On uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, but yeah, go ahead, Tyler. You, this is your show. Awesome, now. man. Well, well, first of all, I just want to say a big thank you to you, Canoli and Alex and Alejandro for being such spirited competitors in uh, the two fans fantasy league. Someone had to win the best man won. And now we can all just move <laughs> forward into the future. The best well, man well, okay, won. Okay, what okay, kind okay. of bullshit line? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Like, whoa. Tyler, Tyler, let, let's, I'm going to be real here. The I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm going to keep it a buck. Okay. Okay. Other than you, us three, there's only I'm not gonna rat anybody out. There's only one person that actually tried. Oh come on! Out of us three, I w- I will say, come on. I, I I will say I felt a little cheap knowing that I missed the the actual draft, like a computer draft for my team. Now I had to make some moves, but That's, uh, I- that doesn't make me or anybody else in the league look good that you won <laughs> with an auto draft team. Throw there in like sly. You know, the best man did win. Just real sly. Come on. Auto draft team. I made some moves. I made some moves. You know, I went <laughs> Nick Casario on it and just did some moving and shaking. No, I'm just kidding. It was it was fun, though. Uh, fantasy's cool. That It does kind of suck. I was, I was talking to my girl earlier, and 
like the so I'm I was in like four leagues this year, right? And this is the only one I won, and it's the only one where I didn't get some kind of like monetary value. Ho- hosting sliced apples is a gift in itself, but I was like, man, I lost all this money, and I've won this league, and I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's okay. No uh, Orion shit talked me on Instagram like a couple months ago, so now we got to put money on it. Oh man, oh, okay. Uh, that's a good tease i'm looking forward to that because i gotta actually try because i'm tired of this league being free and me not really trying and alex using it against me because he's the only one trying out of the three people here Um, i don't know what to say i signed up i signed up for the league i'm gonna try and win like i don't know what to say (laughs) i'll come to alex's defense here i definitely tried i i spent i mean i know you really wanted to host an episode of sliced apples that's why but <laughs> yes me and alex are already the host like <laughs> oh i see that is a different dynamic but that way you could have kept control of of your hosting seat for an episode uh, you got honest i'm gonna keep it a buck again this is the i'm just keeping it a that's, buck that's this, that's this two thing. bucks he, he heard this he heard this on twitter earlier <laughs> now he's starting to use it <laughs> three, three it bucks buck. i forgot <laughs> to take off the the waiver free agent system for the waiver wire and I was not about it so I just as soon as the first week waiver wire week came up and that happened and I was just like eh, yeah you're talking about like with your allowance like and yeah. bidding on players yeah. oh you're not about that life I, I don't like I don't like it I just like the regular classic original waiver wire how it works yeah that's yeah. what that's what I'm most familiar with uh, a couple of the leagues I'm in just recently went to it within like the last year or two, so I've gotten a little more used to it. But yeah, it's it's definitely different. Um, but that being said, I did win, so now here we are. Drum roll. <laughs> here we are hosting uh sliced apples. I'm your host today. Timo real deal. And uh, first thing I gotta know, so. I know at one point, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. At one point, and Alejandro, I'm not sure where your fandom originally lied or where it's gone, if it's traveled the same long distance that Cannoli's has. But I need to know, <laughs> I need to know first before we get started, um, where is everyone's fandom at in the NFL right now? Is anyone Is anyone still with the Texans or are you like, <laughs> are you like a lot of season ticket holders and have you just really committed to jumping ship and you're still with your new team that you picked. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm rolling with the Texans, bro. No, you're, you haven't right. watched yes, a I game. Am, bro. Come Dude, on. They, they proved me right. We went in last April, we went into the stew, into the studio. And I said, they're going to win over three and a half games. What'd they do? Was they it said, three and a half or was it four and a half? Man, Confirm, confirm, Tyler. Tyler. I I, I wanted to. Tyler took down the recordings. They're ancient history now. I didn't take them down. Actually, that was that was a big mistake on my part, and I like didn't. Anyway, long story short, I didn't pay like the right subscription, and like it, they take them off after a certain. So I had to upgrade Uh, my subscription. But no, I I don't know where. I can't remember what line we talked about. I know for a fact myself that I did bet on the over four wins. That doesn't mean it wasn't ever at three and a half. It could have fluctuated, but I bet on the over four wins and that was a push obviously, which is God, the way the season went, I'll take it. But 
Um, I think you might be right, Canoli. I think you said. I think you said over three and a half. I, I need. Well, your homework is to whenever you can. Yeah, I have that, that file. Find, yeah, find that archive. Yeah, skim through it and let us know because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was three and a half. Because I was, I was like, four games. Let's go. We just need four. Yeah, I'll, I will for sure do that. Actually, I'm curious I, myself. I just remember you telling us that they were going to beat the Seahawks. <laughs> Why that would have all teams? That's, like, that's a, out. Because I remember thinking that was ridiculous. Like Russell Wilson, DK. I mean, they didn't have a great season this year, but it's. Well, but I mean, come on. Who I didn't suspect that. Did you? Did y'all suspect that? Did y'all think they were going to be poor this season? Didn't I tell y'all too they were going to beat the Titans once? Hmm. I said it in April 2021, and I said it again whenever the game came up, October, whenever it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. Y'all you tried to here. tell us. Well, that now that we know where everyone's fandom lies, Canoli, I'm glad to hear you're still on board. It's a, hey, it's a tough life to live, but. I, I honestly love, we should do this every year, like have a head coach for a year and then fire them and just go on a new hunt because it just gives you a new hope every single year. Like if we get, if, oh, we, hire but good. Brian, if we hire Brian Flores, I'm going to be excited, dude. I'm revamped. But good God, man, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't want to have to need as much hope as I had towards halfway through the season, listening to David Cully talk. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to not upgrade after, after that fella. And I hate saying that because by all accounts, the dude is nice, and that's really all anyone could ever say about him. Is he nice? He was positive, but good lord, the the fact that he was even hired as head coach is terrifying. Looks, that guy. I was gonna say, looks like it turned out he wasn't a culture guy. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Um, but now that we established, Canoli, you are a Texans fan. Um, Alejandro, are you a Texans fan? He's a Patriots fan. You're he, muted. He's a still. Patriots fan. He, yeah, he, you're he's, muted. A, he's a guy that doesn't know how to turn his mic off of mute. My bad. My bad. My bad. I'm a I'm a Patriots fan. I've been a Patriots fan for a while. Well then well then that's that means you could probably be a Texans fan, right? Because I mean the Texans are just trying to be the Patriots of the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe when they get a good coach. Maybe, but hey, it could be on the horizon. I mean, I'm all for a coach that lasts longer than a year. That's what I'm here for. That yeah. was that was unbelievable. I'm a Texans fan still, just very very low key. I'm more an Eagles fan, which doesn't look much better. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I knew that. Um, so before we get into the coaching search, the latest news for Cannoli and all the other Texans fans out there. This I don't know if y'all have seen this. It it hit I think around five o'clock, but Charles Omenihu, he's a, a former defensive player for the Texans. This fool just dropped bombs in a press conference in San Francisco on the Texans in a very sly way, in a very indirect way, but at the same time, very direct way. So we haven't heard a lot from Omenahu since he was traded to the 49ers. He's a mid to above average defender. He could have been a great part of the Texans' future on the defensive side of the ball. This whole season with the Texans, it was just story after story about like there was clearly a riff. Like he he's obviously a starting defensive player. There all of a sudden we'd get to week three and oh Charles Menahue's inactive, healthy scratch. 
Okay, weird. Um, and this went on throughout the season. So Charles O'Menohue should have been a part of the Texans and what they're trying to rebuild, burn down, build, I don't know anymore what <laughs> the right phrasing is. But he should have been. And, and not to say that it's, uh, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs. Maybe he was a turd and the Texans tried to work with him. Who knows? But we haven't heard from him really since Casario traded him to the 49ers for a late round pick, which is awful value. I, I'm still hopeful in Casario, but outside of his first draft, he's made some questionable moves uh, with signings and trades. But Omenahue goes to the 49ers. They're, of course, in the playoffs. They have a press conference today, and he's at the mic. And somebody asks him, like, hey, uh, if you just had to, you know, describe the differences that you have experienced between your last team in Houston, that organization, and where you are now here with the 49ers, like, what are, what are those differences? And this fool casually dropped, like, three, four, like, mini bombs, like, on the Texans. Like, and, and this is coming off a good week for Casario where he came on Sports Radio 610 and was very personable, answered questions, gave a lot of information. He's kind of kind of trending upward, getting the fan base behind him. Omenihue goes on to say, first of all, the first words out of his mouth are, well, here in San Francisco, it's a lot more structured. It's it's a structured organization. You're like, oh, you kind of raise the eyebrows, like, all right, well, they're, so they're more structured than the Texans, whatever. And then he, he says some words, and then he gets to, oh, and also it's great in San Francisco because there's not a... A continuous power struggle between the general manager and the head coach and you're like oh okay hold on like this is not what we were told we were told there were some philosophical differences and and uh, cully was this really nice guy who was so agreeable and positive and they just had to move on and then he gets to oh and the 49ers aren't a, a circus show every day and you're like Damn! Like he just uh, called the te- yeah. So he calls the Texans a circus. So that's the latest kind of like popping headline uh, from an ex-Texan now playing in San Francisco. And I have my own concerns with with some of those things he said. Um, and he also mentioned like he was like, yeah, you know, here they don't start someone one week and sit them the next week and start them, the- which is what happened to him this past season because of whatever differences he was having with management with the Texans. I have some concerns I drew from specifically one of those comments, but I would pose the question to you fellas, like, like, first of all, how big of a deal is this that Omenahu, like these things he said, do you, do you think it's a big deal? Is, is he just a disgruntled, you know, former employee or, I mean, is this just a continuation of the soap opera that is the Houston Texans in 2021? And is there more to, to take from it? Because while, while things might look a little better lately, I mean, you, you're going to get draft capital. Um, and, and Nick Serio did kill it in his last draft. But with Omenahu just being so vocal on, obviously, what he thought was a circus in Houston... Like, is that a big deal to you, fellas? Yeah, dude, he's keeping it a buck. And I hate you. <laughs> he, he's just keeping it a buck, and he's telling. How us did the I truth. not see that coming? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's what I do. 
I do something you should have seen company coming. And here I am. But yeah, I, I don't see I don't see why it's one thing. What what week he got traded? What when did he get traded? Uh it was I think pretty close to the trade deadline. Um okay. yeah. It the thing is is that his team just won a claim. Um, I'm pretty sure he's feeling good. Moving on to the next week, they're in face Green Bay. He, I, I feel like in this situation is just why wouldn't he be telling the truth? Why? What? What is there? What? How can he exaggerate anything there? Expect especially when he goes to a 49ers organization, in which we know they're. You're they're top top class as far as you know, GM John Lynch, head coach Kyle Shanahan. They almost won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. If Jimmy Garoppolo didn't just would have just made that throw. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't see why he would be lying or exaggerating or I guess hurt, booty hurt from oh, they traded me and they sat me and started me and sat me and traded me. he should be thankful. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my go ahead, Alex. I mean, you got to think about it. You get the opportunity to talk bad about your ex after you just had a dominant win. You're not going to take it. I mean, come on. He's only speaking the truth that everybody knows. And we're sitting here freaking out because it's somebody who was actually there that's saying it. And everybody else is so buttoned up and culture this and Easter Bunny and everything. It's it's crazy. I mean, we've never, at least in my experience and my knowledge, I've never seen anything like it. So he's speaking truth to what we all know. And sure, yeah, if you just go out and you know you got you got a hot new piece, yeah, you're gonna talk shit about your ex. Come on. Yeah, no doubt. And the thing that's just crazy to me about it is like it really has been as weird as it is, like since week eighteen ended and the Texans lost to the Titans at NRG and walked off the field, like it, I don't want to say the mood or the the thoughts behind the Texans locally have been super positive, but it has it did quiet down. Like you, you, the season ended, and you step back and you think, okay, you know, Davis Mills showed some good things. Is he going to be a Deshaun Watson? Probably not. Hell no. Is he is he even going to be a franchise quarterback? We don't know. But he did show some good things. And Casario's draft pieces overall, like I said earlier, like. They all looked good. Like every pick he made in last year's draft showed good things at some point. So you're kind of like looking at that and yeah, okay, we the Texans only won four games. That sucks. But there were there were good things if you really tried to find them. And then you get to the Cully situation and, and it was, I mean, anytime you fire a head coach, you're going to get headlines. It's going to be talked about. But for the most part, Texans kind of, even survived that pretty well like it was it was kind of like hey look come on like it needed to happen um and then casario comes on sports radio 610 earlier this week for an interview with uh, our morning show and he's very personable and like very likable and more open than he normally is so like since the season ended and deshaun watson stuff has been you know radio silent while they're starting depositions and everything with the legal process so since the season ended, it's like things have kind of like 
really been not not to a huge degree, but trending in a in a good way for the Texans, especially just coming off of the lack of a better term, the the shit show that it has been for the last two years. And then it's like the greatest soap opera in Houston continues on because all of a sudden and and I might be being a prisoner to the moment. I'm I'm not saying this is like earth shattering what Omenehu said, but but there hadn't been anything like this. This is this is different. This is new that a player shipped out in the middle of the season whenever they did keep it under wraps all year, what the rifts were and what was going on, you know, it was very Patriot talk to the media, you know, Omenehu's a good player, but you know, we're just going to sit him this week. Omenehu, you know, he's great, but uh you know, we're we're just seeing things differently. So whenever he speaks, it's like all of a sudden what maybe had been a slight trend upward for the Texans, like now there's there's once again like a popping to an extent negative headline for them. And it's like they just can't ever go, you know, X amount of time without something like this happening. And it's 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 like you start to wonder if and when they will be able to go you know, months without some kind of drama or some kind of headline and a negative aspect popping for him. But what concerns me most about what Omenehu said was for all we know about David Culley and the way all that went down, the way he was fired, the relationship between him and Casario, Casario said whenever he fired him, it was one of the hardest things he's ever had to do in his personal life. It was like his, you know, he was friends with him, whatever. The hero who say to hint at like, oh, I'm somewhere now where there's not a constant power struggle and a rift between the general manager and the head coach. That concerns me in a big way because Casario, we're still learning about him. There's things we found out throughout the year that were worrisome, like him wearing a headset on game days, him communicating with the head coach, like in-game decisions as a general manager. And I'm just worried now that the Texans might be falling into where this all started because Bill O'Brien was the head coach who steadily over years was such a control freak and a micromanager that he took on all these new responsibilities and new roles. Like he was a coach and then all of a sudden he's making personnel decisions and all of a sudden he's GM and he's, and he's making trades and he's, and, and he got spread thin and he wasn't good at some of those things. I'm worried that this could be the inverse of O'Brien with Nick Casario. And now we have an executive who might be really good at his job as a GM, as an executive. Because I think Bill O'Brien was a, a good to an average to slightly above average head coach. I do. But whenever you take someone in that role and they start just micromanaging and needing so much control. And then they're, they're, they're entering arenas that isn't their expertise. Like the Texans could be looking at that right now with Casario, just the flip side of it. Like now they have an executive who wants to wear a headset, tell the coach what in-game decisions to make a power struggle with the coach on decisions for like game day for football that's where my worry is because it's all Patriots South related. And it feels like at this point we're in this crazy ass, like just repetitive, like never ending, like just process of 
well, we're not the Patriots South, but we're we're going to continue to do things that are the Patriots South. That's that's a lot, man. That's a lot to take in. But the first thought that I had was, you know, uh, a fruit rots from the inside, man. So when you got the wrong people at the top or the wrong people in the organization, it doesn't matter who you put on the front of it. It's still going to be just not overall what you want. And you're talking about going months without an incident, months without drama. I mean, you slap a Band-Aid on a gashing wound, you know, it's not going to hold blood for months kind of thing. I'm, I'm on, on a roll with these analogies. But Oh, I love it. That's, that is so bizarre. Have you ever seen in your instance or in your experience with football a GM that isn't a designated head coach like Bill Belichick, but a GM wear a headset during a game. That's the thing, man. Like I, I can't say I've ever paid that much attention to it personally, but like since, since Casario got here and that kind of started becoming semi common knowledge, especially when David Cully came to the podium after a game, it was against the Patriots. Actually, Alejandro, you'll appreciate this. <laughs> David Cully literally comes to the podium and. God, it was so horrible. Is moment number 12 or 13 where it was obvious David Culley shouldn't be a head coach in the NFL. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but the Texans, they were either up by a little... It was at the end of the game, the Patriots have the ball and they're near the goal line. And if they score, they're going to take the lead and there's not a lot of time left. So, you know, one strategy is, okay, you let them score quick you you basically like usher them into the end zone you try to get the ball back and you go score to win the game so in the post-game press conference david cully literally says oh yeah you know like uh we yeah the patriots got down there and yeah i was on the headset with with nick and romeo cornell and and they told me you know yeah we gotta let them score here so we have a chance to win the game and uh, I, it just didn't register to me, I guess, or it didn't compute. And I, I, I made the wrong call, and we helped him like two more downs. So, number one, David Cully, for as nice as he is, what do you mean it doesn't compute? They, they told you verbatim, hey, let him score, and you just like were like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And number two, at that moment, what was already speculated was affirmed, and that David Cully in game was on a headset with direct communication to not only Romeo Cornell, which I don't know why you would ever ask him for in-game advice, but the general manager, Nick Casario, like having a conversation about strategy, in-game decisions. And I think Nick Casario's smart. I'm not saying that, I mean, he was obviously right in that situation, but that you don't see that. And, and as much as I've never paid attention to it personally across the league, We've talked to numerous players in recent months, whether it's like former Texans like Wade Smith or Cecil Shorts, um, Clint Sterner. They all say the same thing. They're like, that's not common. Like, that's not how that role is supposed to go. Like, you, you hire the decision makers that you trust and that you think can lead the team. And you can still be productive during a game, but you're not on a headset up in a press box like, like, calling in like you know whatever it may be get let them score or, or run this play or they're an 11 personnel let's go with this package like that's 
that's coaching. So it's it's very, very strange. Maybe because he didn't trust David Covey. But when Brian Flores comes in, legit head coach, don't don't ask me who my sources are. Just know. <laughs> um when uh Brian Flores comes in, breaking news. When Brian Flores comes in, <laughs> keeping it a buck. Oh, when Brian God. Flores comes in, it's it's gonna it's not gonna be like that because he's a proven coach and he used to be under Belichick. Oh yeah, Patriots, yeah. Shocker, the Texans are interviewing someone from the Patriots organization. And, and, and while I bring up the Patriots right now, <sighs> I wanted to let everybody know, because I, I gotta get this off my chest. Alejandro's a bandwagon Patriots fan. <laughs> this, dude, this dude saw the great comeback of 2016 and said, Tom Brady's the GOAT, Patriots fan, let's go. This dude's from Cali, bro. What do you got to do with New England, bro? Come on. Why, you just started coming at him, bro. <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, wow. I've been a fan <laughs> since I moved over here. That was the first team I've started watching. I've always been a fan. It Ooh, doesn't make any sense that you moved from California to Texas and you become a New England fan. Yeah, I don't follow. Okay, so but, I moved over but here. But it's okay. Hey, hey, hey. You're, what happened in 2004, 2004 when they won, won the Houston in Houston, the Super Bowl in Houston, they won against the Panthers. You know, he what, what were you, like bandwagon. seven, like six or seven years old? I was seven years old. That's... I think that's uh, completely appropriate to pick a team at that point in your life. I mean, come yeah. on. Dude, and, and then it was it was cool. I was a big fan of, of uh, Vince Wilfork. I loved him whenever they drafted him. People would talk shit about him. He's too big, slow. And then, dude, I just started paying attention to the way Bill, uh, Bill Belichick coached, and I fell in love with the way he coached. I started Look, like, hold on. Is there, the whole... is there a certain age that, like, you, you, you get a grace period at the beginning of your life, like the first 15 years of your life where you, no. you don't technically bandwagon or what? Dude, no, what are I, you? I would, You're 26 would... and you still don't have a team. Yeah, that's I, fair. Okay, we've established. See, I'm over here hitting my mic and shit. We've established. I have a team. Okay, I said the Texans. I'm still Texans. They're a basketball team. They're a basketball team. <laughs> who's your Who's your basketball team? Yeah, who is your basketball who team? Who is my basketball team? The Houston Rockets. Hey. And what whatever last... team LeBron's okay. on. Hey, what... <laughs> okay, there you go. So I like a player. So what? I can't be like Orion. I like a player. Oh like God! Like Don't teams. get me started on that, <laughs> bro. So, I think I think pre ten years old, you can you can pick a team. Maybe I uh, maybe eight or nine. I would say you. I, I'm not a big believer in the you are you have to be a soul fan of where you're born of. Like you know, this isn't like you are gifted with your team at birth. Like you get a choice in this. Come on, it's free country. But but I will say, if a team, if I started watching. I'm pretty sure he watched football before that. First of no. all, no, oh no, oh okay, you didn't start watching football. Still, I mean, it's six old. or seven oh. years old. Come on, like if I were to go and see a Super Bowl and see the Patriots win and be like, oh, they won. That's cool. That's gonna be my team now. That's bandwagoning, bruh. Yeah, at, at this at age, seven years is. old. It's you're comparing a seven-year-old decision to a twenty-six-year-old decision, like. 26 years old, you've watched enough football to pick a team. And I that's was crazy. Years At seven I was years, six old, years I old, I stayed with the same team. I was six years old watching that Super Bowl as well. Oh, watching the Super Bowl. Okay, I think you said went to the Super Bowl, like a hypothetical. No, I, my bad, my bad. I was six years old watching the Super Bowl as well. Did I start, ooh, you know what? 
Let me start. Patriots, Patriots. No. Kept it real with David Carr. I got my David Carr jersey. Number eight. Let's go. You can also have like multiple teams. You know that, right? Like that's 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 a rule in my life. I have two teams, I like the Texans and the Eagles. He just he doesn't have well, technically now he has Alejandro has two teams because Tampa Bay. Go Bucks. Yeah. Go Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's David too. <laughs> David's about the Bucks. We like I, the I'm, Bucks on this podcast. I want to keep it a I'm, book I'm, too. I'm about, <laughs> I'm about participation in the league. You know, I'm like uh that that Super Bowl a couple years ago. Who's that guy with the just sitting in the crowd with the NFL hat? Oh the yeah, one? the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that, that's me. That's me. Low. Yeah, Rob Low. Uh, Rob Low. Rob Low. Rob Low yeah. yeah. in the NFL hat. Just I'm just a football guy. You know what I mean? And uh, Texans, uh, they they've just been. What can I say, man? What can I what say? Can you they, say? They, they, it's been a it's been a nightmare of uh 19 years. 20 years so it's the best 19 years i could ask for let me ask you this and this might may or may not get you in trouble tyler is it more fun to cover the texans as a dumpster fire in a certain week or is it more fun to cover them when there's a good week with the texans like respective to like just this past season or like or like in general. in general, like what this past season was like your first full season or was it last season was your first full season as the My, producer? I came in whenever I started producing, it was like the, it may, I guess it was God. It was I remember you the, being up in the box and it was, and you sent us that photo of you up in the box for the first game. And I thought it was, it might have been this season, but it, it could have been last season because I remember no. thinking, like, shit, there's nobody there. Yeah, I, I definitely started producing, like, during Watson's last season as quarterback. Um, okay. So, I mean, and that was also a crappy year. I mean, they, they won the same amount of games. Um, but I will say, from what I've gathered, like, I would rather... I mean, I obviously would rather cover them because there is fandom in me. I would rather cover them, like, when they're doing well. Like, I'm sure that's super fun, like, if they're making a playoff run and stuff. But at the same time, I'll take a playoff run and a great Texans team covering that or a season like what we just went through before I would want to cover, like, an 8-8, eight and eight, yeah. like, boring ass like oh they're they're kind of good no match yeah. match match Shaw, he's he's decent but they're never gonna win so like it was fun to like especially once mills started getting the starts like you're going in each week like wondering you know what are we gonna see from the rookie like what are we gonna so yeah i'd, I'd say i i want one extreme or the other anything in between it's kind of just like stale yeah. Okay. I have a question too. So I strictly remember this. You can tell me if I'm wrong. That one day, I think it was the day after the season ended, whatever day it was, when everybody started firing their coach, boom, boom, fired, 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 fired. Mm. The Texans, they were kind of surprised David Cully didn't get fired. And I'm pretty sure Nick Casario said something. There was something put out by the Texans saying, yeah. You know, David Culley's our guy to something of that, you know. I said they were evaluating. 
Yeah, something like that. Pretty much they made it seem like they weren't going to fire him. And then, a day later, they fire him. And I'm kind of, you know, it's a little coincidence, coincidence that it happened right after, you know, Brian Flores was fired from <laughs> Miami. You know, I, I felt like they were like, oh, we're going to stick with David Cully. Brian Flores is on the market. Fire that man. Let's go get him. Man, if there was ever a moment I I actually like felt bad for David Cully. Like the way I will say, like the way the Texans handled that whole thing was so jacked up. Like stringing that along, like rip the band-aid off. Like that the the fact that they kept giving for however long it was it wasn't super long but still if you're gonna fire him fire him um that was that was jacked man like oh we're we're evaluating our coaching staff and reviewing you know game by game and we'll make a decision um as far as brian flores goes i don't know i don't think he's going to be the texans next head coach but I will say that the way Cully was treated through that whole situation, regardless of how inept and just not qualified he was, like they should, ugh, they should not have done it that way. Um, but so clearly, what's your what's your level of fear with this Nick Casario thing of of him getting moving down to the head coaching position? Because you don't think it, Flores, so uh, where are you leaning? It's it's not so much that I think. Like I actually am still. I would say more optimistic than not with Casario. Um, I think he is actually a super, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's like a super intelligent dude. I know for a fact he has the work ethic. And it's not so much that I worry about him moving into like a head coaching role. It's just that control freak micromanaging thing that ruined this organization to begin with, with Bill O'Brien. Um, so I'm still hopeful with Casario, but as far as the head coach goes, I do think it's, I think they know who they want. I think they've known who they wanted. I think the Texans, it's going to be someone that to some extent is a, um, descendant or a branch off of the Patriots tree, the organization. And I think they knew who they wanted before they made the David Cully hire, which makes it suck even more for Cully. But I think they knew who they wanted. They Casario just wanted to jump in here and try his best to salvage anything that he could from the damage that Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien did to the roster, the draft stock, the salary cap and i think serio's doing his best that he can um he's made questionable decisions on some signings and some trades most of which i think once he's realized they weren't right he's he's tried to correct quickly or just bail out of them um he drafted well but i think from the get-go when casario got on that plane with cal mcnair and jack easterby and it was a done deal flying back to houston i think he knew at that moment who he wanted to be his head coach. I just don't think he wanted to bring someone into that shit storm that was going on with the Deshaun Watson, the damage to, to just the books. And, and I mean, Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby destroyed 
like i mean it, it it's impressive like how badly they they damaged the texans future with the moves they made so and he's come in and he's worked his ass off i i really do think casario could be a good gm i just hope that he can let up on the reins a little bit and find the guy or 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 you know hire the guy he's had in mind and really fully kind of kind of distance himself from some of those decisions and focus on the roster, focus on the cap, focus on free agency, focus on the draft. Um, and, and maybe he just couldn't do that with Cully, and rightfully so, but still. Um, it, I, I'm confident in saying it's going to be someone with a Patriots background, and it's it's just really at this point kind of for show, I think, with some of these interviews. Like, like uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Heinz Ward. Like, that's not a real interview. At least, yeah. good God, I hope not. But I, I think that was more so a favor. Like, maybe Heinz is wanting to get his name out there and and, and whatnot. That, that's not a real interview. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a Patriots descendant. I think it's going to be someone that Casario's had in mind. And then hopefully at that point, still going to be sickening to the Texans fan base because of this whole Patriot South thing and Cal McNair saying, we are not the Patriot South. Still going to be hard for fans to swallow, but I, I guess I'll give it a shot. I, I'm not going to like it, but whoever it is, it's going to be a descendant from that organization. And hopefully Casario can just really focus on like building a roster. So, my sources are telling me, like I said earlier, Brian Flores to the Texans. I mean, but let's just say hypothetical. Who 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 do you Very see? Very hypothetical. Who do you see getting that job? I know you said Patriots descendant. Obvious. That's very likely, but anybody in specific you have in mind? I think it is very likely that the linebackers coach for the Patriots, Gerard Mayo, is going to be the next head coach of the Texans. He wasn't playing that that long ago. Mm-hmm. Or he he was playing not that long ago, I should say. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, he's never had a coordinator position um, or anything, but, but he is... I, if I was a betting man, and I am a betting man, I would, I would say it's, it's going to be Gerard Mayo. Really? What what happened with uh uh the the Chiefs offensive all that fire last year about him and and all of a sudden I haven't heard his name. What's going on with that? Yeah, the Bienemy thing. Uh, that's just reliving that last year is a nightmare, but like with Bienemy, I mean he was getting interviews left and right last year and he has a lot of years lately, rightfully so. Bienemy should have already been interviewed three weeks before the Texans actually did. They were the first team last season to fire their head coach, and they were the last team to hire. And they started getting a firestorm of, you know, whether it was political BS or or whatever. Maybe they just didn't want Bienemy. I don't know, but they. I don't think the Texans ever planned on interviewing Bienemy last year. And after the media fallout was hitting them hard, like why in the hell at this point? Like it, it had been weeks. Like how? Like these teams have talked to the enemy. This his name's out there. This team has talked to the enemy, and they were like, "All right, we'll give him an interview." 
Um, I just don't think that Bienemy that personality fits like the culture. Yeah, he, he's uh, not. The he's not. Yeah, he's not going to be a yes man. He's not going to be a yeah. tough. Neither smart is Brian Flores. That was why he got booted from Miami. He just was a guy who went against the management and ownership. Exactly. So, and you bring up speaking of management and ownership, somebody who encompasses everything, Jack Easterby. What's the latest on Jack Easterby? You said he that they screwed up the Texans' future and the wallet and everything. Uh, almost as if he wasn't there, and I had to double check to make sure he was still there. So, oh what, yeah, what's uh, what's new with Jack Easter Bunny? Are we still roasting him on six ten? Oh, I mean, dude, it's first of all, yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right. I should say he he's still there, and he's not going anywhere, and that's that's tough to say. Um, I don't know the guy personally. I know I've told you all this before. Like, who knows? what like in the 30 page sports illustrated article like i don't know what's true what's not what was a smear campaign or or what may not have been but the fact that you can survive something like that and also at the same time 100 percent guaranteed have your fingerprints on the worst trade in the organization's history which was deandre hopkins to the cardinals for dude arguably the worst trade in nfl history man right yeah yeah good point um, but no, he ain't going anywhere. Him and Nick Casario and Nick Casario's opening press conference with the Texans. He, he literally said like he had a personal like friendship and, and yeah. relationship with Easterby. Um, but the latest with it, uh, is in that interview on 610 that Casario did a few days ago with Pain and Pendergast. They, in credit to Sean and Seth, they asked him directly kind of a few questions about Easterby. Um, and he defended him pretty pretty hard. He said he uh, Casario believed that a lot of the criticism and uh, commentary about Easterby was, uh, in his eyes, unjust and unfair. Um, and one of his answers, which I found really interesting, he's like, you know, you know, he's the EVP of our football operations. You know, he does like logistics and stuff and all this, blah blah blah. Um, and then he he cuts in and he says, "What well, you know outside of you know a few months period and whatever and whatever year that was uh, twenty twenty or whatever." And I'm like, "Yes, that few month period was a disaster. Like that is the whole problem. Like yeah." Um, but no, Casario uh, defended him pretty hard a few days ago. Um, and, and the the latest also is is that even if Casario was somehow, and I don't think he would, if he was somehow come to the conclusion of it's best for the organization for Easterby to just be gone or or it's best, you know, to make this decision a part ways with Easterby, I don't even know with as much power as Casario does have, I don't know if he can make that decision because all all reports and all everything we hear is that Easterby does not report to an executive at NRG. He does not report to uh, Casario. He reports directly to Cal McNair, the owner of the Houston Texans. So I, I think it's um, I think he's here to stay. Um, and Jeez. it's we haven't heard him speak in over 500 days now. Um, don't ever really. Don't, don't yeah. Don't ever let oh. me interview either of them. I'm gonna fire their ass up, cause 
Oh my just, gosh. I just, I just don't know this facade they're hiding by. Who are they covering for? Why yeah. are they covering for who? Why can't they just keep it a buck and just like Antetokounmpo? Keep it a buck like Antetokounmpo and just, man, slaughter. I will slaughter these. Okay, I, hold on. I was about to say no. If I don't let me interview these guys because I will be metaphorically in their face in their grill about yeah, metaphorically it doesn't <laughs> make sense i don't know why they are covering for somebody that we all know who 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 he who that guy yeah, yeah like, exactly team like, chaplain turn general manager if if you're gonna let somebody come in at that executive role make all that money and just not do shit just make shit worse just hire me i can come <laughs> in be an executive you know, I'll, go, I'll go slap ass a little bit say hi to the players i bet um, you like slapping ass <laughs> hey go whoa go sit in on, on the meetings and and I will keep everything neutral. I won't be. I won't make anything better. I won't make anything worse. And You'll keep your it a money buck. paid to me. Keep it a buck. I keep will it keep a it a buck. And your money paid to me will be more efficient than whatever you're paying Jack Easterby. And you know what? I'm just honestly, I'm over it. Like I've kind of deleted. I'm glad Easterby hasn't talked in 500 days because I kind of deleted him out of my memory. And I'm trying to like I spent yeah. so long talking about the, the the BS from the shit storm that was last year. I'm trying to look at it glass half full because I'm trying to live a long, healthy life. And if you focus too much on the Texans, you can't do that. Bad, Tyler, it's bad really, for your health. That's, that's bad why for your I'm health. a little worried about you. I'm concerned about you. You should Tyler. be. My blood pressure um, is skyrocketing. Because I, I can I can block it out and and just focus on the good, like signing yeah. Brian Flores as the head coach. But I don't mean if we're not really trying to, I don't mean to stray away from the hot dog shit Texans. Oh, but, we should. It's bad for everybody. So I did see a little something talking about one stress to another stress. I don't know. The price tag that Carlos Correa is looking for hey. in his contract. Because right now the MLB is locked out, but he's still a free agent. Um, he's looking for, according to Bleacher Report, he's looking for $330 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, man. I, I don't know if you have any updates on that. What? what what's, yeah, uh, I mean... Uh, the thing last night, like, so the news broke like late yesterday evening that he was that Korea uh, was changing agents um, over to the most Scott profitable, Boris. yeah, Scott Boris. And I was actually looking through Twitter, Astros Twitter to be more specific. It's so funny. It's like a cult, um, but Astros Twitter, and it's it was almost like it seemed divided fifty fifty. Like people like oh. This means that Correa is going to stay here because, you know, Lance McCullers, he works with Scott Boris. Now Tuve, he works with Scott Boris. And then, no, 
shut that shit down. The only thing that Scott Boris should say to anybody is that what was already assumed and fair to assume, Cray is gone. Like he's 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 gonna get. He was already targeting an insane number. Scott Boris doesn't only target those numbers; he gets those numbers. And as soon as this lockout ends, we're going to see Correa in a new uniform. And that pains me to say, I think it's going to be okay. I do have it. Be careful about what I say. I don't think Correa's replacement from some rumors that I've heard is going to be all that bad of a downgrade. Like the Astros are working behind the scenes. Uh, Like Click knows what he's doing. And I can't say I disagree, or I can't say I I don't disagree with not paying Carlos Correa $330 million. I love him. I wish there was a way for him to stay here. He's a part of the greatest run in Astros history. But you cannot do that. We've seen too many times teams get bit by that. But yeah, I, I would say the Scott Boris thing and and with what Korea is looking for, I think he'll ultimately get it, but it ain't going to be from the Astros. Pains to hear. It um, does. It's going to be okay, though. Trust me. From, from one Houstonian to another Houstonian, both leaving soon, Deshaun Watson. Ooh. Last time we spoke, nine months ago, God, has oh, it died wait. down. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Jumping the gun there. Jumping the gun there because Correa, he's near and dear to my heart. Okay. And we we just didn't give him enough time. And okay. Deshaun Watson, geez, no. Stress, 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 stress. Geez, anxiety. I mean, it's another one that we know is going to be gone, right? I mean, it's just a matter of time and where. It's just a matter of time. Oh, yeah. But Correa, I guess. It makes me feel a little bit better that you say rumor, rumor mill, the guy coming up behind him. You know, not, not much gap in the skill there. Um, but I mean, to me, it's more of just that. Yes, just you know that fire, you know. But is it worth three hundred thirty million dollars? Like, what if he wants a fifteen-year deal, three hundred thirty million dollars? Somebody do some math. What, what, what is that? every year that that can't hit the cap too See, that, that's a problem though i think is that he like i i think click based off their previous offers and and things we know like they were willing to make him from what i understand i mean you just you never know but click and the astros were willing to make korea a significant offer that would have made him a per year like top echelon paid player like but just yearly salary but they don't want to be one of these teams like the Angels who lock in Albert Pujols for 12 or 13 years, and by the time you get to year six, the the decline in talent and what you're paying him just cripples you. So I think they were looking for, Click was looking for, like, hey, we'll, we'll throw you a, a six-year deal and, and make you, you know, per year on average, the highest, if not, you know, close to the highest paid shortstop in the league. But Correa is hell bent on having like a, you know, decade long deal plus. And, and I don't and blame I him. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's both sides, right? Like, I, I don't blame him at all for that stability. 
but I also look at the GM and I'm like, I've seen too many times, like these guys get these like 10 plus year deals. And by the end of it, you're just like, how the hell do we get out of this thing? Like this guy is old. He is not the same player. So, and, and in baseball, I mean, as y'all know, like it's, it's the only professional sport where every single sin is guaranteed. So as soon as you sign that contract, you are, I mean, you are sewn up. Like it, I thought, it, it, I thought basketball was fully guaranteed as well. Sure about that? Positive. Are you sure? Sure. Because I remember when it was a big deal. Like, let's get a fact NFL, check. NFL, NFL contracts. Like, NFL is the only sport that doesn't fully guarantee the contracts. The NBA does. The MLB does. I mean, I feel that, pretty I confident, under- but I got. I mean, I'm I'm human. I could be wrong. And it's the NBA. You know, they 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 live in. They, yeah, they, players, players living. That's John like, Wall. That, John that's, that's, that's that comp- That's that company. You like, hey man. So how do I get in that? Man, Bro, Houston like... sports really is in the shitter, man. We got three players on three different teams that are holding out that are all our stud players. Oh, and <laughs> and by the way, the Texans are still still paying through at least the next two years. Bill O'Brien and former general manager uh, Brian Gain. So, oh, and David Cully. <laughs> they're they're oh, still my. paying them. Jeez. Um, I feel like this has been I feel bad. Like this is my my time to shine and host sliced apples and it's been kind of down because we've been having to talk about these Houston teams and Watson. No, I want to hear about it. Like you gotta think from a person like me or even David, like we're fans of the Texans, but it's kind of hard to watch a team that only wins four games, dude. So I've been kind of, you know, keeping my distance for my own my own health, my own sake. So I like to hear about what's going on because honestly, I don't want to sit down and read about a team that's just completely falling apart and breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, I get that. Fortunately, I do know what's going on. So it's, it's rehashing. It's like stabbing old wounds. Like, go ahead. Alejandro, what you got? Yes. So, oh man, NBA contracts are fully guaranteed, but there's discrepancies because there's 30 players that were, that aren't part of the fully guaranteed thing. So there's like discrepancies of like certain ones are fully guaranteed. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of contracts, weird. maybe. Yeah, I, I think that would be it. Or two way. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember there being on the Brandon Marshall podcast where where they like really elaborated on it. And they had like a big discussion on it, but it says they're fully guaranteed. Kind of weird that it says fully guaranteed, and then. That has like certain things that like thirty bears aren't fully guaranteed. I don't know. Mm. So that means they're fully guaranteed. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say much, but you know, just put it the up. Best, oh, the, the best man was right. <laughs> <laughs> put it up on the big scoreboard. So um, continue. With with I feel like Canola, you especially. I feel like. You, I need you to smile, man. It's been it, it it's been good talk, but a lot of it has been kind of down because it's the Texans and Correa's leaving and Watson's leaving and Easterby and uh, I get a migraine. But <laughs> let's talk about like uh, I want to ask you guys about the NFL playoffs. So so Alex, so far in the NFL playoffs. What have you like enjoyed most? What what team has surprised you? What what has been your big takeaways through the first wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs? 
Did you just uh, did you just reach for the notepad? Is that what I saw? Yeah, yeah, I got my my sheet here with some notes on all it. All prepared. Yeah, because uh, I can't remember all six games and all the different things that happened in them. It's a lot going on this past weekend. Uh, so I think the biggest surprise to me, man, was honestly the Patriots-Bills game. I think that was probably the biggest surprise to most people outside of the Cowboys game. But the Bills, I I actually had the opportunity to rewatch it uh, some before we hopped on. I watched the first half. This man, Josh Allen, was dealing, bro. They said first, the stat they said was the first player in NFL history to throw for over 4,000 yards and rush for over 750 yards. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. And he was dealing. And I think we were all equally surprised because both David and Alejandro picked the Patriots. And I was leaning that way where it was like, man. And there was a stat that I had read that Josh Allen was the 40th out of 41 players in completion percentage in the last 15 years. David shaking his head because he doesn't like facts. But- no, it's because it's because I, I I allow you you said that and I listened to the notepad. You really like that stat really, oh yeah, I'm solidifying this Patriots pick. And I listened to the notepad. And I shouldn't have let the notepad affect the No, I picked the Bills. I know, but that stat. I shouldn't have listened to that. Stat. Oh, 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 you're saying you're. Yeah, OK. That's uh, that it was. It is a pretty daunting stat. And it, it made you think because you thought about the game earlier this season where Mac Jones threw the ball three times and ended up winning. Like because Bill Belichick just was able to inflict his will on the game that, that particular week. So that one was a shock to me for sure, especially with how well he played. I think the Cowboys was the other one, man, like. My God, I won't say the stats for David again because I know it'll annoy him. But they are number one in a lot of categories, and somehow, some way, they had fourteen penalties and blew that game. I don't know how they did it. How do you okay. that the culmination of talent on that team is incredible? Did you hear McCartney's McCartney McCarthy's uh, quotes today from his end of season presser? No, he said, was was it the one that he said uh, that they were nervous before the game? It said scared. Yeah, or scared or nervous. Maybe it was nervous, but yeah, he said like he could pick up on it, like going into the game that the team was, it it was either nervous or like, bro, what are you doing? During their pregame prayer, he he could tell. And that's what, why they came out with the start they did. And I was just like, Dude, bro, but that's like this, every game for them. Like every game, they come out flat. Dude, Seriously, we they were who we thought they were. <laughs> but it's amazing. Ale- like, at least what me and Alejandro thought. I Alex, I truly Alex believe they could win, as most people thought. But I said I love all these things X Y Z the whole the whole alphabet. The one thing that I didn't like was Mike McCarthy, and I said I didn't think Mike McCarthy was going to be bad enough that it would outweigh all the good in this team. And he truly was bad enough. I mean, that QB sneak call, although oh. it shouldn't have come down to that, oh. was atrocious. That 15 is 15 seconds. You run an organized quarterback draw. I will say Dak could have, like, it's still a bad call. It, but devil's advocate, if he calls that, I got to think Dak should know, like, instead of running those full 15 yards or whatever he did, he got in field goal range quick. Like you get down at eight yards, ten yards, and and still again a bad call. But like Dak had all that open space and he just kept going. You're like, dude, clock, clock, clock. What are you doing? And uh, and then and then the fact that he didn't 
the whole thing with the ref at the end again just silly like being around like i i never played football not even peewee like i was too skinny my mom was like you're gonna get killed she wouldn't let me play but like i'm the only one on this podcast that played football and i only played high school (laughs) football come on (laughs) that's awesome but like talking to like players like since that game ended like whether it's clint or whoever they're like dude you are taught day one of peewee football through junior high through high school like when a play ends, especially in like a two-minute type of drill, an up-tempo thing, like the ref has to touch the ball. Like you can't just set the ball. And like the fact that they were trying to do that and then acted like it was the ref's fault, like that is absurd. Like every, the, like all these dudes that know football way better than I do, at least in the that sense of it, they're like, yes, you have to give the ball to the ref. He has to set the ball. Because I remember watching it live and I was even like, oh, the- the ref's like running into their shit. What is he doing? <laughs> they're like, no, like he has to set the ball. So like they were, it's, it was a cluster F, man. I was laughing because it was such a Cowboys way to lose. Like yeah. it was so signature Cowboys. It was yes. great. The question is though, who called that that um, QB draw? Was it Kellen, Kellen Moore or Mike <laughs> McCarthy? Are we placing the blame on the right person? Because uh, Kellen Moore is out here getting uh, head coaching interviews. That'll damage the resume a bit. Who? But is he just saying, oh, this dude, Mike McCarthy, he made me call that <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Throwing him on the bus. That's why I'm leaving. Can I be your head coach? Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> who, Sign who on the dotted called, line. <laughs> who, who, called, who called it regardless? Why? Of course, the Cowboys all of a sudden aren't going to remember the they not gonna remember they're gonna get mad you're gonna have skip you're gonna have skip out here complaining that skip, the skip, ref, skip, that skip. back ref isn't running a 4 3 40 to the ball Bro, like he was right. in the huddle and he knew what the play call was and he knew that they were gonna do something as stupid as run a qb draw of 14 that, seconds that left and no that ref out. was trying to that ref was trying to help him as much as he could man and He's like let me get in here and the thing was too i was just like dude this is it was that fourth quarter was pretty funny because it you got the 49ers, you got choke Garoppolo, and then you got the choke cool. artist himself, Kyle Shanahan. They're trying to choke the game away. They are literally trying to choke yeah, they the are game trying. away. <laughs> yeah. And the Cowboys say, you know what? We're going to do, we you, one you. We're we're gonna do one. you one better. We're going to do you one better. We're going to get hold. We got it covered. We're going to get called holding on the freaking defensive line when they're run blocking. Like, <laughs> what kind of shit is that? I've never seen that shit before. When they first started doing, did that during the game, I was like, huh? What? And then they did it again and again. 14 penalties, dude. 14 penalties. And all they kept saying, I think it was Tony Romo. I think is all they kept saying was, when it comes playoffs, you're you're you just get exposed. All your bad habits, everything, it just it gets magnified, it gets exposed, and you can get away with that throughout the season because you know it's a long season, 18, 18 weeks. And you're in the NFC East. And the Dallas Cowboys had uh Alex May, I hear what was their schedule, strength of schedule? 31st. 31st. There was only one team with a worst strength of schedule. It was the Eagles. Or better, or better. I mean, however way you put it. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was great. I loved it. I laughed. Um, 
I laughed. I it, cried. It, it, I laughed. It was it was great. Uh, great. Uh, best game by far of the weekend. And it's just funny to see the Cowboys lose like that. I was like, I couldn't believe right, it. I yeah. thought they were going to put one second back on the clock just for the fact of like, please don't let them lose. Like yeah. This. When they went on the mic, the game is now over. I said, ha ha. I, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like hung over as shit and it just made my mood better. I just like, I forgot about it. Cause I was just like, sucks to suck, man. And, Whew, Cowboys. As, Maybe next year. Skip Bayless. Maybe next oh year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex, as long as we're talking about uh, that division, I do want to ask you. I'm very, very curious on this, actually. As an Eagles fan, I'm so curious on this. Like, it was either today or yesterday. It all runs together for me. But with the Eagles coming out and saying, heading into this next season, that Jalen Hurts is like the, they're like he's our starter like how, how do you feel about jalen hurts what, what i love what, him dude i freaking love him we were talking about this uh on the last one where it was just alejandro and i uh look jalen hurts is kind of like a guy that is not going to carry you every single week and win you a super bowl in that fashion jalen hurts is a guy that if you put the right pieces around him, he can lead a team to victory. That's what I believe. He is more, his skill sets to me line more in leadership and calm under pressure, whatever you would, whatever, I, whatever you call that. Um, sure. And that, that to me is just so valuable. He's, how do I put this? So I like Lamar Jackson, but my problems with Lamar Jackson align with the fact that there's just like maturity issues for me, like both in his game. And I feel like in the leadership factor, he's just quite, I can see that with Jalen hurts. He's not quite there yet. Obviously on the field, like he's not, he's better than Carson Wentz. I will say that. And he's arguably better than Nick Foles, but Nick Foles, I mean, big Dick, Nick, I mean, he, he won us the super bowl. So such a weird career, such a weird like career. strange, but I, I like him for the future because he's a guy that is going to be consistently there. He will lead whatever group of guys you put around him. And, he'll put in the work. And, he'll, and he's, he's a workhorse, man. Like, mm -hmm. even back like, back at Oklahoma, I was seeing videos of him after games that he'd go just deadlift 300, yep. 400 pounds, you know, squatting 300, 400 pounds. I mean, after games. I mean, he just puts in the work, man. He wants to win, and that's what I want. You don't want to be in a situation that your quarterback is – like kind of like Baker Mayfield, where you're you got one foot one foot in, one foot out. You're not really sure like how God. to win. The team doesn't support you. The media shits on you. Like I feel like Jalen after if, if this performance, although this year was very impressive, nine and eight after four, four eleven and one last year. Yeah, and Nick Sirianni, you know, rookie head coach. I was pretty impressed with our team. You know, we uh <laughs> we need to. I wish we had taken Devo instead of Jalen Rager. I'll tell you that oh, much. Oh, God. What a draft pick. Man. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. But, you know, if we get some receivers, you know, we and we sure up the offensive line, I think we'll be all right. Um, I just want to say Jalen Hurts, <laughs> from the way you described him, sounds like a culture guy. That's all I got to say. <laughs> he really, like, he kind of is in a way. He can play, though. Like, I, li I like the way he plays. 
Um, I mean, if you if he was on your fantasy team, you definitely did. It's it's amazing how well he not well how good he was as a fantasy quarterback. Like, I mean, and not to shit on him and say like he just wasn't a good quarterback or anything. I'm just saying like that dude fantasy wise racked up this year. Like a hmm. lot of winning teams in fantasy had Jalen Hurts at quarterback. And a lot of the times it was second half. He would just all of a sudden like scramble and run for like long ass touchdowns and stuff. But you know that. But well, Alex, we know where he is with his quarterback, Alejandro. Patriots fan. How you feeling about Mac Jones? Oh man. Well, first I want to clarify by the the NBA contracts. Just just to be clear. <laughs> just it. to be clear. <laughs> but- That's great. It's very important to be right. Oh, I so, love it. So they are guaranteed, but there's a set date that if a player is waived, they do not get the rest of the, the guaranteed contract. So oh. they're guaranteed, uh, but not really. Okay. So I guess we might both so, be right. So what was, yeah, what was it's the a first draw. sentence? They are guaranteed contracts? No. Major League Baseball players, as soon as they sign, yeah. it doesn't matter what happens to them. They can blow out. They can lose their arm. They're getting paid. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, NBA is getting paid too. There's no. literally one stipulation. No. There's literally no. one stipulation. That's, a, that's the only stipulation you need, Cannoli. It's still There's guaranteed. There's no stipulations. No, it's not. It's still guaranteed. I How did they promise waive you? you. It's a pretty big stipulation. But if you don't get waived, it's guaranteed. <laughs> you get every cent, no matter what. <laughs> so if you play every game, a part of your contract, you get paid, is what you're saying. Yeah. You don't even have to play in the games. Apparently, it's guaranteed, <laughs> but just don't get waved. Yeah, just don't stay, get waved. As long as you don't, don't get waved. Don't play in the games and don't get waved. You could get traded. You could get um, <laughs> released. You can get yeah. everything but waved. As long as it doesn't say you're waved, it's guaranteed. They could send you down to the G League. Guaranteed. Come on, dude. Guaranteed contract. You worry me sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, Alejandro, <laughs> thank, thank you for that information uh, explaining that Major League Baseball is the only league with fully guaranteed contracts. <laughs> How do you feel about Mac Jones? Oh, man, honestly, I love Mac Jones. I, I think he fits so well in our culture. He's a great Patriots culture guy. I, he's super smart. I, I just feel like he fits perfectly with Bill Belichick just – head down let's grind type of person and it was funny that, that they were showing videos of him like before like the the Patriots uh, season you know he's kind of like a little happy a little bit more animated then throughout the season he just got the more serious Bill Belichick face but man I, I love him I, I, he does what you need him to do when you need him to do it. he still needs to grow a lot I mean made really good throws throughout the year if you need him game manage he could game manage He's able to listen to to whatever Bill Belichick needs him to do, and I don't know, man. I'm I'm super excited to see what Bill Belichick puts around him and what he does with that. But I love Mac Jones; he's awesome. Yeah, he was the only rookie quarterback better than Davis Mills, so I'll give him that. Did y'all see? Uh, fun fact: uh, Trent Williams, offensive line of the 49ers, one is future Hall of Famer, won his first playoff game for so many years. And that man was iced out. I hope y'all saw on Twitter. He was that my man's was. I've never seen an offensive lineman iced out like that, bro. Like I'm talking, I'm talking like front front man rapper 
shit, man. It, it was he was keeping it a buck for sure. He was, <laughs> thank you. He was keeping it a buck, an icy buck. Cause I my eyes almost got I had to sue him, almost sue him for like eye damage because his ice was just like so shiny. All yeah. of them hurting my eyes. But so we I gotta I gotta make the full round table here because I'm OCD. Alex talked on Jalen Hurts. We got Alejandro talking about Mac Jones as as David the Reds. talked about Tom Brady. <laughs> oh God, that was good. Um Cannoli. Honest like impressions and opinions on the rookie in Houston, Davis Mills. <clears throat> well, uh he definitely has potential. Uh he he Follows directions well, uh, culture guy. Um, and stop it, stop it. And he he's he's made. I don't like your he's tone. Made the right. He's made the right progressions in practice. Oh and, damn um, it! He he's doing he's doing so what good. he's asked to do. And right now, that's all we can ever uh, ask him to do. Him. And um, <laughs> he he's just a fit, right fit for our culture at the moment. And I I couldn't say enough about. This young man um, stepping in in a situation that he did. I'm upset. Taking over unexpectedly for Tyrod. Um, unexpectedly. And um, no one knows. It's okay. Just, just being a great culture guy. And I, I can't say enough about my quarterback, Davis Mills. Um, next year, next year, he will just continue progressing as long as. He sticks to the plan, sticks to the culture that we've built around here. If it's really just, happening, the cult, the culture that we've built, as long as he follows that and the culture keeps building and becoming greater, he will. Son of a bitch. He will exceed expectations. And damn you. Just so that's one out of 32. He's got to go through the other 32, right? That's what he's going to do. <laughs> David, <laughs> next team up. Kyler, man, I I like a lot of what I saw from Davis Mills. I think that I think a big factor is going to be if Pep Hamilton stays in Houston. But I, again, I think I said it right when we were starting. I, obviously, that's there is no evidence of him being like the guy, especially following the footsteps of Watson, but dude, there were moments this season where I oh I my think God, back stop it. Are we seriously sitting here talking about Davis Mills? Stop yes. email. Yes. We're not gonna sit He's here the starting about quarterback of the Houston. He's gonna Texans. be the third string in a couple years, bud. We're not dude, sitting here get... talking about him. You're way I'm I, I so said who's better? what I needed to who's say be- because I'm a culture guy. But who's... you know what? Screw the culture guy. I like keeping it a Canole. buck anyways. Canole. I like keeping it a buck. Davis Mills. You're up bro, to like we eight got bucks. Third over, what, what? <laughs> I think it's more like <laughs> we, 15. We got the number three overall pick. Please be a, pick a quarterback. What? Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. What quarterback are you taking, Canole? Man, anybody but Davis Mills. Davis Mills doesn't even sound like a winning quarterback. Just that name. You just gotta tell me his name, Davis Mills. What? Money Mills. Davis Magic Mills. Mills? Stop. General, Magic General Mills. Stop. This dude balded when he was like 16 years old. That's not a winning formula. Damn, you're hating on him because he's bald. No, I'm hating on him. I'm not even hating on him. He's just. I thought you were weird. a LeBron James fan. Oh, but oh, oh. he still has hair, bro. 
Come on. Oh, he has hair. Uh, if he, it's synthetic, but I guess, yeah. But we're talking about a quarterback here. We're talking about a quarterback. Okay, yeah. And, and what did you see from him that tells you definitively he in it? Because. It, he, he was he, better than, than Tyrod Taylor, the 10-year the vet. Tyrod survived hurt. He, he, the oh, hammy, bullshit. bro. The hammy. No, he, it, came, he it, came back and he sucked ass. Because that's what happens when your culture sucks. Davis Mills, Davis Mills had the highest red zone percentage in the entire league. Well, it Rookies doesn't matter when you're getting in the included. red zone twice in a season. No, I you mean, have to get there we a certain amount of time to qualify. Much. That was for you sure. To, you have to get there a certain amount of times to qualify. Oh, my God. Yeah, he met the minimum. Bare you minimum. Can't, you can't. Thankfully. All I'm saying is, again, I'm saying I don't. I'm not saying he's the guy. I'm not saying he's a franchise quarterback. But I'm not. I'm also saying there's. There's no way you can say without a doubt that he isn't. I think you got to see more from him. And next season's going to tell us a lot. Next season? Is he still going to be starting next season? Fuck! Yes! Yes! Because Because who, who... Who are you... God damn it! That, that's part of the problem, though. Like, that's part of the bad luck of the Texans. Like, look at the quarterbacks in this draft, dude. Like, there's no one. Like, what are you going to roll the dice on Malik Willis? Like, no, thank you. Davis Mills? The former number one quarterback recruit in the entire country? Out of that high showed, school? That showed you good things? I'm, t- I'm asking you this seriously. You, you didn't see anything from Mills, especially. Let, let's reflect back to his be- best game against the Chargers. You didn't see anything in that game where you, you didn't just step back and think like, oh, that. He that, he showed some good things. Seriously, a blind squirrel finds a nut eventually, and seriously, he's gonna be a backup. He he looks like Matt Shaw. Matt Shaw rode the bench up until we were just desperate enough. David, how Carr can was you say shitty so, enough? So he looks to, like Matt Schaub, who led the NFL in passing yards one year. Oh my god, dude, Davis Mills ain't it. I can tell you right now, guarantee it, lock it in. He ain't it. I, okay. I understand. I All understand. Right. I understand your sports say, radio six ten. You have to like, you have to no, have some dude. optimism. And and I and and I are you understand. kidding me? I understand. I've gotten in trouble for being too pessimistic. I promise you, that's not an issue. Well, it's it, it's just the fact that I'm I think off on you. Then I just <laughs> think that Davis Mills, the jury is out. Is all I'm saying. Again, I'm not saying he is the guy for the however many times I've said I. He very well could be third string in a few years. You might be right. But I don't think from what I saw this year, beating out Tyrod Taylor, having some games where he showed out, leading the league and passing in the red zone, breaking the Texans rookie passing record, I and seeing some of the things he did whenever things were going perfectly right, I don't think you can just say like, oh, well, he's clearly not the guy. It's not like he was he was Blaine Gabbert whenever he showed up his rookie year for the Jaguars. Like the dude like had games where he either kept them in the game or won. Like he, it, it's just what it is. I mean, it, he's either it or he's not. We don't know, but he showed things where I'm saying I need to see more. That's that's the the bottom line. I just need to see more. Book a ticket. Book a ticket to Money Mills Palace. I love that. I have no faith in that man, but I've watched him minimally this year, so. That is an uneducated I, opinion. I, I when he got I, shut out in Buffalo, it was a one of the worst Texans games I've ever watched. I, I haven't forgotten that. 
but I also watched every moment of that Chargers game and almost every drive that Davis Mills was under center in that game. I was impressed and he Any made other throws. game you want to mention. I keep hearing Chargers. Chargers at. Also, I mean, you got to give it the benefit yeah, of the doubt. Maybe the Jaguars. You got to, I mean, you got to think about the fact that the coach is like, you know, gone. David, David Coley. Clearly, this was a totally fucked situation with Nick Casario. And the organization is rotting from the inside out. So to expect a Tom Brady to walk in the door and fix it, it's. I, I, I rather get uh, the Houston Rough next quarterback. And, and what, uh, and what, what, PJ talent? Walker. Walker, I I rather get PJ Walker. Go oh, the guy him. that the guy that didn't start any games this this past year, but Davis he Mills started did. one. He started in the, in oh, the Panthers right, game. Right. I I only know that because I was really excited about it. I love PJ Walker. He's, he's what talent? What talent did Davis Mills have around him this year? Uh, Brandon Cooks. He didn't play in three of Davis Mills' starts. How many games did he start this year? Yeah, what the fuck. Uh, he started, they gave him the reins officially from Tyrod for the last six or seven games of the year. And I think when Tyrod was hurt, he started two or three. So I think he like started 10. at eight or nine, some oh, okay. somewhere around there. How many but games, how many games outside of cooks? Under, under, no, under. cooks is a good answer. Cooks is, I think underrated outside of him. What talent did Davis Mills have around him? Rex Burkhead. Come on, bro. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me pull up my Rolodex of all the old Patriots players. I'll start listing them yeah. off. <laughs> Amendola. Um, no, and just between that and the other thing I would say is, and this could be viewed as a negative or a positive, but the, the kid, and I say the kid, he only played one season of college football, so he could very well still be like, coming into his own like th this is a, a guy that played 11 college football games and we see how mr brisky turned out coming out of yeah. what was it north carolina right i think Ooh. something like that he, he ended up playing like nine games or something in college what college wow. is yeah. davis mills from stanford stanford right? nice yeah. stanford yuck okay same no college as andrew luck where pep hamilton worked with andrew luck I know and Andrew Hamilton Luck. Worked. We all know Andrew Luck. What point but, of a blind squirrel okay. finds a nut eventually? Don't you understand? Sam, man, I gotta see more. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I don't got. I, well, I'm. I'm. Call me the scout because I don't got to see more. I sent. I've seen enough. Is a bust. And Brian Flores he's is gonna third, be the he's next a third head coach. Rounder and he's still a bust. What? He's a third rounder and still a bust. Get him. Oh, okay. I got what you're Come on. Hey, Trade him for I, Kellen Mond. Let's go. Oh, God. Don't. 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 Don't disrespect don't. my man, Kellen Mond. Oh, Kellen Mond is ass. I'm going to let you sit here and go, ooh. Uh, why why didn't Chargers, Davis ooh. Mills, and then you disrespect Kellen Mond? Why, why, why when the Vikings were statistically eliminated from the playoffs, did they not even put Kellen Mond in to play like a second Why do half? you think Mike Zimmer got fired? <laughs> Because they were mediocre with no, because he talent. went out there and said, "I'm not putting in Kellen Mond." That's why he got fired. Well, they also fully guaranteed Kirk Cousins' contract, so and be and partially because Kirk Cousins decided to gritty that one. Kellen Mond will be the quarterback coach at Texas A&M in the next three years, bro. Davis, Davis Mills. Will be a bad the producer at Sports Radio 610, Clint Sterner in a show for in three years. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 
Maybe that means maybe, maybe that means no, you because you you'll get promoted. Yeah, you, you'll Thank get promoted. But I appreciate that, Canoli. Davis Mills will be the pr- producer at Sports Radio Six Ten. Like I, I applaud you for keeping your head above water in this shit storm. You know, you you look for the little blind or the little light spots, the good, the good areas. The Davis Mills might be something, maybe someday. You know, like that's so elusive. Like I don't know, I just need to see more. Like maybe someday he might be something. I I will say in my defense of that, and I get what you're saying, but like going back to that draft class in itself. Dude, like of the five draft picks that Casario took, I mean, Davis Mills to this point, in my eyes, is the biggest question mark. And I think there's a reason to be cautiously optimistic. But the reason that I am that way is because those other four picks Casario made, they all look good, man. Like Nico Collins, like I think he's got a career in the league. Brevin Jordan, tight end, he was a monster in the red zone at catching touchdowns. Uh, Roy Lopez became a staple of Lovey Smith's defense. All right, I'm tired of this. You keep talking about red zone stats, touchdowns, oh, but we uh, only won four games. Well, yeah, and we that's... got shut out by the Bills, who were maybe tracking for the Super Bowl. But but I I'm get saying, saying that's one game we literally did not score in. So you're talking and that, about and that 16 was the other f- games. No, I know what you're saying, Canoli. I, I feel it. I feel your passion. I'm just saying. Casario's draft was about as best as you could ask for. Um, and I do believe I'm just, that. I'm just tired of hearing red zone stats on a losing team. That's all I'm saying. Give me some. I, only, I mentioned two red. I, it wasn't even a red zone stat. I said Brevin Jordan caught a lot of touchdown passes. Really? Yeah. Obviously not enough. Maybe could have won a couple, few more games. Maybe, you know? maybe it was because Tyrod Taylor was throwing the ball. Ooh. Maybe. So, Sheesh. so I, I, I don't know this. How many games did the Texans win under Tyrod, and how many games did the Texans win under Davis? Two and two. Two and two. And how many games did Davis Mills start? Where's I don't know the exact number. Yeah. We said nine, essentially eight or nine. Early. One of those games, though, Tyrod went out at halftime, so that's kind of like a split decision. We're really getting into oh. it now. So, like, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's come on, let's, let's move away from this guy. It's like, <laughs> no need to like pick at straws here. Uh, number three overall pick. Are we keeping it or are we trading it? That's it. I mean, we're talking about getting a new quarterback. I don't know if there's anybody available for number three, but. Sean Watson, maybe. I mean, mix something up in there. I mean, that'll definitely be with the Watson stuff. Who who the hell knows? Um, obviously, you're hoping to get a lot of draft equity, but outside of the Watson stuff, which I just, at this point, I have no idea where it's going to go. I would, I would say I'm, like, super confident, like 85% plus that, to this point, Casario is planning to trade out of the number three pick and move down a bit, rack up some more picks and try to try to solidify the roster a little more just as a whole. I, I don't think the Texans will pick at number three. I think that's probably smart, don't you? At this stage yeah. in the rebuild. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think it I think it's the right call. 
Um, I wouldn't mind if they did stay, if Casario does stay. I would love if he's there to take Evan Neal. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think Casario's going to deal out of that thing. But what, why? Why would you deal out of it? What, what are you hoping? Because this, this draft just isn't top-heavy. Like, I mean, with any draft, you can find talent. But, I mean, there's just no clear... Like the the top the top six to eight picks of this draft are like it's one of the most unpredictable like top prospect drafts in in recent memory. I mean, you have Aiden Hutchinson that's there, uh, a couple of those edge rushers, the guy from Oregon. I'm blanking on his name, but but there's not a Trevor Lawrence. There's not Ivan a Thibodeau. yeah yeah. Um, but I I think Serio's gonna look to to try to rack up some picks, get some, hopefully draft, obviously the right talent and, and get some, some good talent on the books on rookie deals and try to go from there. Why not get an sec guy, Evan Neal, <laughs> offensive tackle. I would, I would love Evan Neal. That's, I would love that. That's what we really need. We need to stop trying to be Patriots. We just need to be sec of the That's South. That's a winning formula. You really got to build that offensive line too. Cause Laramie Tunsil is gone. Why did he smoke some more pot in a mask or something? No, for lack of a better way to describe it, I just I don't think he's a culture fit. I mean, he was he was definitely healed from his injury the last eight weeks of the season, and they kind of agreed to just. Bro, sit so in. everything that was done is being undone now. So all the mistakes that were made, they're now just like, yeah, whatever we got, like we're just gonna get rid of now and just start fresh. Like DeAndre Hopkins still isn't in this league. Why are you? Oh, that. And Easterby's in the corner, smiling, still employed. Old wounds, just old wounds. Just move on. Let's just forget about it. I can't yeah, forget about uh, it. Tunzel, too, too unbelievable. Yeah, Tunzel will be traded. I think uh, before before draft day one, which I believe is ninety eight days from now. So hopefully, Casario can get some value. But I think they're going to try to move Titus Howard to left tackle. Um, and, yeah, they, they really got to build on that offensive line. Yep. All starts with a good foundation. That foundation is the offensive line. You got to protect Davis. Okay, guys. Thank you, two <laughs> Um <laughs> This is enough of this shit. Because you, you know how – y'all know how I feel about Davis I mean, I'm keeping it a buck. I always keep it a buck. But wait, I can't do the outro because it's technically not my show. That's oh, yeah. Right. That's right. Well, uh, this has been another tremendous episode of Sliced Apples with Cannoli and Alex DeClaire featuring Alejandro. We're Real heading Del into... I'm your host, Rodel Timo. Thanks, fellas, for having me. You know what this is like? This is like back in the Disney Channel days when Hannah Montana, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and That's So Raven will all cross over for an episode. It's and it just you're just excited and greatness happens. That's what that's what happens when sliced apples meets real deal with Team Mill. I appreciate what you're saying, but I was more of a Nickelodeon kid. Oh, so, so Fairly I. Odd Parents uh, collabing with Jimmy Neutron. There you go. Ooh, yeah, that's good. It's yours, Tyler.
I'm pretty sure the two fans like, well, I guess that's over. <laughs> no, the two fans are still with us. Appreciate you guys. Fantasy was fun this year. Sly Staples coming to an ear near you.